riveting. <laughs> Girl, I'm like, I don't usually get to go so deep into this we, story of my history of spirituality, right? Welcome, welcome back to the Magic Hours. I am Zoe Flowers, and today I am getting to have a conversation with Sahaya Aviel. I have known Sahaya for so long, and she is an amazing healer. Well, let me just read her bio to you. Okay, let me just read. So Sahaya is an actress, overall wellness consultant. She specializes in yoga, meditation, oracle readings, and Reiki energy healing. Her clientele largely consists of creatives and artists, but she sees people from all walks of life. And so Sahaya has a lot of interesting things going on. She's launching a lot of projects. And so she's in a little bit of a transition. And so we did have a reading in 2017. So this will be the first time that, is this the first time since 2017? Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, so that was a long time ago. Because <laughs> that was such so, a pivotal reading. <laughs> it was, it was a good one. I don't remember anything, but you keep, <laughs> you keep telling me it was good. You keep telling me it was good. So, yeah. so let's just get into it, Sahaya. So welcome to the podcast. And I always like to start by asking people who they are in the world. So who are you in the world? That's a heavy hitter from the start. (laughs) Yes, we we get right in. Yeah. Who am I in the world? It's uh, such a funny question that you asked that because I think that's something that I'm continuing to look at and redefine maybe even right now, you know, and I I want to just simplify it to the, the most simplest form, which is just a compassionate human that's seeking joy uh, mm. in everything that I do and, and seeking to remind myself and others of, of holding space for compassion and knowing that I'm not perfect in either of those things, but knowing that I, that those are my, that's the core for me right now is, it's, it's, it's how do I show myself and others compassion and how do I find and spark joy in my own life and other lives of others. So as we said in your bio, and I know you obviously to be a creative, and so how do you feel that this walk of this compassion or living a compassionate life, how's that impacting your creativity? How's it impacting your art, if it is in any way? Yeah. uh, So (laughs) for one, I think it's allowing me to be more free in my art because Mm. I feel like what I, where I wasn't exhibiting the most compassion was, you know, in trying to pursue perfection, you know, mm-hmm. perfectionism and just trying to be like the best or be, you know, the greatest. And um, while sure, you know, I think especially in the arts, it's, it's easy for people to desire that, right? Who, of course, you want the accolades, but the reality for me was the compassion showed me, man, I'm just trying to tell a story. You know, I'm just trying to be truthful in my story that I'm telling as an actor or as a creator that's showing up for something, you know, um, and even just compassion for not being the best. So wanting to start things like I'm revisiting. I used to draw and do painting as a child and mm. I stopped because I had received some criticism and that was the thing that threw me off track as opposed to, 
you know, nurtured me. And th- that now looking back as an adult, I'm like, oh my God, that criticism, I was so good. I just, mm. you know, it was just, it was constructive, you know, or, or something that could have pushed me. And instead it was something that squashed me. So compassion to me is the thing that allows me to, to start over, just show up fully to start things new, you know, to come as a, in a childlike, bring a childlike wonder. It's, it's through that compassion of like, you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the greatest. You don't even have to be good, but just do the thing. And, um, and sometimes that's enough. And sometimes that's what brings out whatever, you know, the necessary result is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you, so you draw and I'd love to know how you got into art. I mean, how you got into acting. I don't think we ever talked about like when you decided that this was what you wanted to do. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I do come from a bit of a, um, it's definitely family based. I think the acting. So, mm. my mother uh, studied acting at Spelman College back in the, sheesh, when was she there? She would kill me if I get this wrong, right? 60s or 70s, early. I think she graduated the early 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and you know that so that's just something I've I've always knew since I was a child that you know my mother had pursued acting. She ended up you know she was at Spelman when like uh, you know she was there with uh, Sam Jackson's wife, Latanya Richardson Jackson, and then you know and then all the counterparts of the men who were at Morehouse. So that includes Sam Jackson and Spike Lee and Bill Nunn and um, uh, you know a large group of those humans that I just knew uh. from a child. I didn't, I never knew it. I don't know any of them personally. Um, but, uh, because my mother left, you know, acting left Atlanta and, and kind of had a different life, but it was just something that was always prevalent in our household. I guess if that makes mm-hmm. sense, you know, we would watch those films and my mom would be like, Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see them. Or, I'm so excited for, you know, such and such. And, she would just tell us, you know, about how that was dreams of hers. And then eventually, as we were kids, she started doing things like church pageants and things like that. She she, she dabbled again um, briefly. I want that for her again at some point in her life. But mm. she dabbled again in acting when we were kids, um, doing like, I just, I'm remembering when I was at, a, I mean, this might have even been before elementary school, but I'm having this brief memory of her in uh, playing Mary Magdalene in the church play. Oh, wow. And, um, be seeing my mother on stage and I don't know I don't think that I knew then that I wanted to be an actor but I can just say like these seeds were planted right I was seeing theater and yeah. seeing these things and understanding someone who had a passion for it and who knew of people who had great success in the thing yeah. um I think it really hit me uh in high school uh, my junior year of high school I was uh, prior to that, I had been cheerleading and running track and field, and I was very active in high school. It was like all of the uh, did did child I was doing the most. Looking back, I'm like, oh, child, thinking about it. But I was in student council. I was in like every, every club you could think of. I was probably in it, you know. Um, and so I quit cheerleading after my sophomore year because the acting competition was in the fall. And that's when we had to focus on cheerleading. And there were other reasons why I quit cheerleading as well, but that's maybe another podcast or another question. Um, but but to focus on the acting part, how I started. So that so that fall, I went to the competition. I, I, I was able to do this, the thing that I hadn't been able to do because I'd been uh, cheerleading in the fall. And then I won Best Actress in my junior year. Oh, wow. Yeah, but it was a big deal for, for me. You know, and so it's kind of a little bit of a confirmation of like, oh, hey, girl, 
there's something to this, you know. And my brother had been doing uh, shows and acting and stuff the same. I, you know, I mentioned my mother, of course, because she was the initial spark of interest. But I also had then seen and followed my other bro- my older brother, um, doing some of that stuff that he did in high school as well. And um, so I had that first kind of confirmation of like, hey, sis, like you, you're kind of good at this. So this is something, this is something you could do. And that uh, junior year of high school, and then my senior year, I did a pageant. I won. I won the pageant and I won the award for talent, which was acting, which to me was like another, like, whoa, I didn't expect to win. I don't know if I expected to win any of it, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, but I certainly didn't expect to win the talent portion because, you know, when you look yeah. at your kid, you look at the pageants, everybody's winning for is always the dancer or the singer or the musician, yeah. you know, yeah. the yeah. actors. I've seen, I'd seen other girls do acting or boys do acting, but like That's they never they never won, you know? So I think that, and I think that that was really special for me because it really kind of affirmed like there was room for me, Mm. you know? Um, And it affirmed my talent um, Mm. in a way that I think as a child, I was still a child, teenager, but you know, it kind of gave me that drive to, to, to move forward and to, to keep, to keep, to pursue the thing. Um, When I got into my dream school, moved to New York city um and the rest was history so i think it was just that early on i had these confirmations that said yeah you're you're good at this thing keep doing this thing and you enjoy this thing and um that was one of my i guess identifiers of you know you 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 step into the world you say what am i to do and Mm -hmm. um that was those were some of those confirmations for me that put me on the acting pursuing acting as a career path early on and so you say you got into your your dream school and so what school was that i went to new york university NYU. <laughs> um, and coming from columbia south carolina which is where i was living um that was a huge deal for me you know mm-hmm. i only applied to three colleges which is you know again as an adult i look at a lot of things as an adult and i'm like girl what was you doing baby um <laughs> oh but God. But one of the, you know, NYU was like the goal, right? And then I had, you know, even now looking back on it, even my safe schools were pretty decent schools. But um, but Spelman was one of the schools I had applied to and got into but as a, you know, for my grades and accolades also as a legacy. But um, I knew because of my mother's story and history there, um, basically as an actor during her time, she just kind of was like, I don't know, you know, because I don't want to discourage anyone who is going to Spelman for acting, you know, now that I'm I'm not saying that, if that's what you're doing, do that and thrive and flourish and there's room for you to do that. But, um, you know, my mother had kind of discouraged it based off of her experience. Um, And so it was kind of like if I were to have gone to that school, I felt like I would have just taken a different path. That was just Mm -hmm. kind of the guidance I was receiving and and. And I just felt like I was listening at that as spiritual guidance too. I was like, well, okay, God, if you don't send me to New York, then perhaps I'm doing something else, you know? Right, right. Um, and I was okay. I was at peace with that possibility. But as we know, that's not what happened. And so I kind of took that as a, as a spiritual confirmation for me to, to do the thing. I love the spiritual confirmation. Like all of these things for people who might be listening, who might be, it, you know, somewhere in a small town or maybe even a bigger town wanting to, you know, follow this dream. So how was it for you when you got to New York City? Yeah, I, 
you know, I speak of that too. And I go, so I said, I don't want to discourage anybody from going to any school that's not in these big cities. You don't have to start there. But I think what I knew for me, because I was coming from, you know, South Carolina, because I, you know, had had a mother who had pursued it and then, you know, that it didn't become her career path. I, I really knew for me, I was like, I need to push. I need to be in the place where it happens. I need to, you know, I need to, I need to make sure that I am putting myself in the place where I can learn and, and, and get as much possible. And also, if I'm being honest, partially because I knew that if I didn't do it when I was young and bold, maybe I would have never made that move, you know, mm-hmm. on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of that was just me knowing for myself as well, right? I just needed that cushion that, that to kind of get me in. And I, I forever am thankful for that because moving to New York for a lot of people is, is really daunting and scary in the beginning. And I was lucky to have done it as a student because even it was still daunting and scary at 18, yeah. but I had this umbrella of so many others were doing it with me because we we're all kids, we're all students. Yeah. And, and of course there's programs and people teaching you and taking you places. And um, so I say that to say, like, I think I was veered from the question, but I think, how was it? It's the question, right? So I was like, it was yes, how was it? <laughs> No. But it sounds um, like it was, I mean, you're answering it. So yeah. yeah so I was it? like, it was, it was scary. You know, it was very scary for me. I, I was, I had never even been to New York. We didn't have the finances to, to have visited. I didn't visit any colleges. I mean, like I said, Spelman was on the radar because we, we lived close to Atlanta and I was born right. there and, you know, my mom had went there. So I, I had seen Spelman, you know, but I hadn't done any college campus visits. It wasn't just, this wasn't something we did or had the means to do or the foresight to do um so i rolled up drove we drove you know the 14 hours from south carolina to new york city and rolled up and i lived on union square which if you know new york you know that that's kind of a big deal it's a big busy place to live i had no clue (laughs) what i was moving into now like oh my god i lived on union square um and so it was you know i don't want to say it, I mean, it was definitely scary. I was, I remember being terrified to ride the subway. Same. I had to, uh, you know, I had to have a friend or two take me places in the first few times. Um, I, I think that I also just had this awe and this wonder, you know, I remember first time seeing that there was like sparkling and glitter in the concrete on Broadway. Um, and and uh, even down by NYU where we where the School of the Arts, Tisch School of the Arts is, it was like, oh my God, the streets are sparkling on Broadway. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there was like this mixture, oh, right? There's this mixture of fear and wonder. Yeah. And I'm yeah. you know in gratitude for that experience because it, it, you know I lived, I stayed in New York for a very long time for 16 years, almost 17, and um, that experience I think you know, prepared me for the world in a lot of ways, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to approach things with fear and wonder, um, to know that it's okay to have the fear, but to also face it. And then even, you know, the wonder can live aside, uh, beside it, you know, and, um, and magical things can occur on the other side of both. Yeah. Oh my gosh. My chimes just started going as you're talking about magical things. That's so funny. So, um, and then I hit my microphone. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. Um, it's interesting because I moved to New York as a fully formed adult. And I remember mm. when I first got here, I was driving down Nostrand and I just like 
pulled over and just started bawling because I was just like so afraid. And it was like maybe my second week here. And I was like, what have I done? And I mean, I was a fully formed adult. Like, Yeah, it's scary. (laughs) Probably twice the age you were when you moved here. And I had lived in different places. But again, it was just like, oh my gosh. And same with the subway. I would give myself time limits. Like I'm going to be back home before it gets dark and then I would stretch it to 11 o'clock and I'd be like you know then after a while I just you know you fall into you get in the flow yeah yeah absolutely it's definitely uh you know especially again once you're if you're from there you live in New York then you know you well you may not know how unique it is if you're from there you live in New York right because it's just the way things are but if you're not from there you've ever visited it's just like it's so different from most of the other parts of the U.S. Um, and so I think that that's part of it, you know, but also I think like you just mentioned as an adult. So now I live in LA, right. I'm a little yeah. bit in Los Angeles and I did move to, to Los Angeles as an adult. And so I still can relate to that because I did feel some of that moving here. Um, maybe not as much of the same wonder that I kind of felt in New York city, but mm-hmm. there was certainly excitement. There's a desire and the reasons why I moved here were clear um but also there was still the fear i had so then because as i mentioned i moved to new york at 18 so i wasn't driving uh, you i know you drive zoe but yeah. i didn't dri- i didn't drive in new york city you know oh my gosh. so i here i am a full adult yeah. who who did it who doesn't i mean i took lessons i got my license and i took lessons in brooklyn and before i moved and then um i got here but i wasn't somebody who had ever driven regularly i never owned a car um, and if I had driven, it was always like years in between. So there was still yeah. a lot of anxiety built up around that. So I suppose to the, the subway being scary out in LA was the driving that was yes. scary and, um, and same thing. So now little by little, I've been conquering that. I've been driving now just for a year and a half, um, as of 2022, early 2022. And so, mm-hmm. um, I started driving in the pandemic on purpose so that oh, good I- good idea. Yeah, so that I could, first of all, just have something to do with myself, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. during this during this downtime. Yeah. Um, but also so I, that I could do it while the LA streets were not as busy. Yeah. And, and so it was like, whoa, like this gave me a chance to to learn the skill of driving, even though, like I said, I was licensed and I, yeah. not only licensed, but as a licensed driver, as, mm-hmm. as well as before getting my license. So I was, I had taken all the lessons, but I just hadn't put it to constant use and constant action. And so even now I just, I still laugh when I'm on this, on the highway, cause I still, my nerves, it's, it's, it's always making sure that my nerves are as calm as they can be. It's not a lack of the skill of the driving, right? It's like, I physically know what to do, but sometimes my n- nervousness is the thing that I have to, you know, conquer (laughs) as a driver that's right as a driver so i'm really curious about your spiritual journey as well so we'll i want to shift to that and then maybe talk a little bit about what you what brought you to la why you left us (laughs) not why you left us that's right (laughs) that's right why you left us but before we talk about my bitterness let's um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> talk about your spiritual journey and what how did you you know get into the healing work that you're doing now how did you get into yoga and all of that sure sure and actually it's perfect because i think that, that the, the spiritual journey will also inform the move yes, eventually right yeah um but i so 
okay, child, and this is where I, I'm, I'm like even looking at time clocks. I'm like, how do I make a long story short? Zoe, stop mm. me if I just keep going and going, okay? Because okay. I have tendency, and there's a lot of moving parts to that. Okay. Um, but to begin at the beginning, yeah. I, <laughs> my real true spirituality uh, started as a child in church. You know, I grew up in the South where everything was religious. And, um, you know, if you weren't going to church in South Carolina, people were looking at you crazy, you know. Mm. Um, and my mother still, as I mentioned, I first saw her in the church pageant and the church plays. My mother was like directing the church plays and things like that. Um, but to add to just church, you know, I went to these spiritual churches where they talked about spirituality versus religiosity and um and we're doing you know the speaking of tongues the laying on of hands the laughter and drunkenness in the holy spirit the you know falling out in spirit the um prophecy prophetic words you know speaking over people you don't know and um and so I was exposed to a lot of those things and miraculous things, gold dust falling from the sky. Like, you know, I have to have a gold dust story. And so these, you know, these were things that, you know, is, is funny to say, but I was like, I learned magic in the church. <laughs> a lot wait, we got to go. Wait a minute. You got to tell this gold dust story. You can't just say you saw dust falling from the sky and then just like, we got to, I got to hear this gold dust story. So, okay, the way, so this was, when, what timeline was this in life? Like, I feel like this was the 90s. This was okay. the 90s. And it was kind of a theme in the churches that it was definitely going through, that I was going to, the religious circuit was, in, you know, they were talking about miracle signs and wonders. Okay. You know, and as part of talking about miracle signs and wonders, you started talking about just different miraculous things that were happening, uh, one of which was gold dust. Um, and so we had a speaker come to our church, um, and so this was a church in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm not sure that it, that church still exists. I think it's, I think it's, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think it's still there. I'm not sure. But, um, but, at the, but at that time we were, the church we were going to had a guest, um, and he was one of the, one of the traveling, you know, uh, Christian speakers who had been known to, to have the miracle of the gold dust with him um and so um i remember i was a kid you know it was the 90s it was um me and the youth we, we had a youth we had a very strong youth group at this church and a lot of the kids from the youth group were sitting together in the back talking and um this man is you know speaking over people and everybody's wanting the gold dust everybody's like seeking the gold dust like, oh, i want gold dust on me i want gold dust on me yeah. and you know i'm about to I didn't even, uh, you know, I'm laughing all of my podcasts lately, but things I'm just like, oh, I get emotional really fast. And um, it's a new thing for me and I'm trying to embrace it. But I just, <laughs> like a rush, almost with tears even gave me before I even said the thing. Um, mm. And I, I just address that out loud now because I didn't, I never considered myself to be super emotional, but it's happening a lot lately and I'm having to embrace it. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I learned a pivotal life lesson from this. And we were, I was sitting with, the youth kids and everybody you know not just the kids everybody in the church was like seeking the gold dust and um, I kind of remember looking at what was happening and just kind of saying out loud I said it out loud to, to the, the kids with me and I was like I want to be the person who sprinkles the gold dust and um, 
I don't know what I was thinking as a kid that why that's what I thought or said, you know. Um, but I did. I said it out loud to to um, to the other kids, and I just remember when I went up to the front of the church you know he was speaking over everyone like I just you know I was laid on hands passed out woke up and I was covered in gold dust covered and um people were you know looking it was a thing it was like oh my gosh like it's a high you know how did you get how did you get all this gold dust what what were you thinking what did you do and to know that it was, I mean, I was a child, but, you know, the puritist of like, I didn't, I didn't ask for the gold dust I wanted. I asked to be the person who could, who could do that for others. Wow. Sahaya. And, um, yeah, just, <laughs> I, um, I hadn't thought of that in a while. And I think, you know, just even thinking about it now, it's like, that's the reminder of like, and that's when I woke up covered in gold dust, you know? And, um, and that's something I know that as a child, I think I carried with me a lot. And here I am as an adult in this moment, yeah. reminding myself. Yes. Um, but, you know, and then I, you know, of course, then the, the speaker, like he spoke to me afterward, you know, it was a big thing because I was everybody, you know, everybody wanted to know where, why are you? Because you, know, you other... went to sleep. You like literally fell out and woke up and there was gold dust on you. Yeah. You know, I'm in the front of the church, you know, this yeah. is a thing. And he's, you know, he was doing this kind of with everyone, but I, yes. but I had the most, it was like, I had the most, I had the most. You had the most ashe. You had the most ashe. Yeah. And, um, that's amazing. And so, you know, he spoke to me. I remember he was also of native American heritage. And so we spoke a bit about that and, wow. And, you know, he was just, you know, speaking life into me because, again, I was still uh, a child at the time. I was probably preteen. I don't remember my exact age, to be honest, but like maybe 13, 14, some, somewhere in that zone. That's old enough. So, wow. Um, I thought yeah. you were like seven. No, you were like. Yeah, it was in middle school for sure because we, um, we didn't move to South Carolina until middle school. So I was. Again, I said preteen. I might have been actual teen, but the earlier stages. So I was moved yeah. to South Carolina when I was in sixth grade. So I know that it was either sixth grade or after, um, but probably before the thick of high school. So somewhere in that window. Um, but yeah, so that that definitely started. You know, was a pivotal part of my journey. And then that same that church, we we had a strong youth group. And then we also went to camps, you know, and I, I, y'all, I have to watch this documentary. Everybody says like, there's this church camp documentary and people are terrified by it. And I don't know, I haven't seen it. So I can't tell you if that's what my experience was, but I okay. did go to church camps um, and we did, they would have us in rooms, like, you know, teaching us spiritual gifts. They were like, these are your spiritual gifts. You know, you learn the art of spiritual gifts. Everybody has spiritual gifts. You know, that we have church songs, stir up the gifts. And, um, you know, I, I remember that, like, stir up their gifts. And um, and it would just be, like, trying to identify people's spiritual gifts and from a church perspective. And uh, I do remember even, like, there was a room where we were, like, learning to speak in tongues. You know, it was just, like, they just taught us, like, just, you know, just speak, just, you know, pray, call to spirit and speak. And, 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 um, and again, it's, like, preteens in a room learning to speak in tongues. And that's, that's, that was my experience. Um and uh, in one of those church camp experiences, I ended up prophesying over someone. Yeah, this is riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I'm like, 
I don't usually get to go so deep into this story of my history of spirituality, right? I don't, I don't even, like I said, I don't even always think about it all at once. So thank you for this time to like, you know, dissect it because it is my story. It's all making sense. Your, your charmed life. It's like all making sense. Like, okay, so let's get to the prophecy. Yes. Yes. So the, this was like maybe the second or third year of me going to, to church camp. Um, I think eventually the church camps got stopped because somebody drowned at camp and it was like a whole thing. And, you know, um, so they stopped camps for a while. And by the time, if, if they ever even restarted, I was too old, you know, too grown. So yeah. it we weren't, or we weren't involved anymore. But so the very last one we had moved already from that first venue that we used to go to. It was like a venue that we used to go to. It was like a big lake and stuff like that. And so yeah. safety issues. Um, we moved to like a smaller place. I remember we were like staying like in a motel and then just going to like or a hotel maybe, you know, a little maybe nicer, yeah. but it wasn't nice. Yeah. Like it was just like a place that we were, kids were staying yeah. and then um, we would drive to like this little church where we would do the camps, which was like a much smaller scale than the original camp had been. Um, but I remember we were back in you know, the room doing our prayer and, you know, and speaking in tongues and all that. And so out of that, it was like a way that I would open my channel to connect to spirit, right? My first like foray into doing that. And um, I don't fully remember whether they were instructing us to pray with, pray over others, but I, but I feel like they must have, because I don't think that I just would have walked up to someone. I, I know mm. that. But I do remember my first time prophesying over someone. So what happened is I, that we're, we're speaking in tongues and then I get this message for this girl. And I know that it was something about a parent of hers. I believe it was her father. And I didn't know her. You know, it was, she wasn't somebody I knew from the camp or anything. I just knew that I got a very clear message about her for her, um, uh, about her father and her relationship with her father. And I just remember going over and telling her and then her just bawling. You know, so then... It was like clear, like okay, <laughs> something, something spiritual is going on here, right? I'm telling yeah. someone something that I have no physical access to. Where did that yeah. access come from? That's prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because we were already in it, it wasn't, it wasn't as jarring because we knew. But I just, I then had like this crazy spiritual moment after that. I remember I actually had the craziest headache. As a kid, I didn't know how to swallow pills. I was too scared, and I remember my the camp, uh, our, you know youth leader had to like help me He's a military man. We live, you know, Columbia, South Carolina is a big military base. He's a military man. So he had to like hold my nose and pour the, the Advil down my throat because I had had such a heavy headache because it was like, after that happened, after that exchange with her, I was just so overwhelmed with like energy now, you know, looking back now, but it was like, I just kept crying. And then, then I had that like, most excruciating headache and it just wouldn't stop. And so I really mm -hmm. think it was a way of awakening like a spiritual awakening in me mm -hmm. um, that that occurred in that moment. And I knew, you know, something had shifted, even though I, I probably couldn't articulate it back then in the way that I mm -hmm. am now. Um, so that was kind of the beginnings of it. And we did eventually leave that church. Um, and so my mom then went on this journey of trying different churches, but they all still had that spiritual through line. It had to be a church that at least had like prophecy and things like that. So I, while I didn't have the same close knit, uh, aspect of the original youth group, um, I was still exposed to a lot of those things. And I even remember I was in high school with a friend of mine. He would take me to different churches too. Um, and somebody prophesied over me in one of those churches. And she said that, um, I was like Joyce Meyer, who's a big you know, spiritual mm -hmm. prophetic teacher. And um, I was in high school at that point. And so 
here I am being prophesied that I'm like Joyce Meyer and but I took from someone at their, you know, church program and I'm just like, okay, you know, my high school mm-hmm. self is standing up like, okay, yes, that's what I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be like that. You know, I don't know what I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I thought or what that meant. Um, but I just remember accepting the 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 the, the call in a way. Um, yeah. which is ironic because you know that's that's my childhood story of spirituality and how I got into it. But what then shifted, right? I went to college and not thinking about any of that stuff. Um, not only that, but of course I went to New York University and I'm in New York City and I am learning about colonization and, uh, you know, the forcing of these religions on my people and starting to have a deep separation from you know, the way of the church and the stronghold that it had on my people and people of color. And so that created a very strong disconnect for me. Um, So it left a a space where I really wasn't, you know, pursuing, I wasn't comfortable in the church in the ways that I had been growing up. Not only that, as I mentioned, that was a very specific church experience. So I'm finding that I, once I left, that bubble of those play churches in the South that a lot of churches yeah. were just, we just having service, singing a dry song and sorry, yeah. no offense to anybody. Um, <laughs> but you know, singing a song and going home and I was just like, well, that ain't it for me. Like I need a praise and worship where I'm ready to cry and yeah. fall out, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> not you know? cry and fall out. It's not Sunday if you're not crying and falling out. So what are we even doing? Oh my God. <laughs> So I think that also, right, I had, in, as a child in New York, yeah, I still consider 18 a child, even though you might be doing adult things. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. But I was just like, I wasn't really even able to find the type of church that resonated with me. I, yeah. um, and then last but not least, I started, you know, I first, as a college student, I started learning yoga, but I probably took my first real class in 2007. Um, but I was learning probably elements of it, probably 2005, 2006. And so this must have been around uh, 2007, eight or nine, somewhere in that zone. Because I know that at that point I had been practicing yoga regularly and, and really feeling the benefits of that in my body. And as I mentioned previously, I was also a track athlete. So being taken away from athleticism in college, I, I found some solace when I found yoga. Because it was a way that my adult self could channel some of my athleticism, which was originally why I pursued yoga. I was not pursuing yoga for spiritual reasons. Um, And so I was able to do that. But, of course, you know. (laughs) The ding. I know, right? It's like. Go ahead. Sorry. That was beautiful. Maybe that was something else. We'll just take it. We've got the chimes out here. We've got more chimes. I love it. You know, the reading about to be juicy. <laughs> I know. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I started. So after, if you practice yoga long enough, you realize that, that you are, you know, receiving spiritual, um, you know, downloads and peace yeah. and inner peace. But, of course, I, like I said, I originally approached it more from an athletic perspective, but as I got into the practice, I really began to value the practice of yoga and the practice of, or and the effects that that was having on my life as a human, really, and then as a spiritual being. And so, longer story short, term because I know it's already been a long. Would be. No, I love it. I love it. I'm um, into it. Falling out. 
protection. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like this is my listen. This is what I want this podcast to be all about. So oh, I'm here thanks. For it. Yes. And so, um, so then I um, I found this church that finally kind of reminded me of my home church. You know. And I really was excited because it was still kind of a mega church in that. And, and it was in the heart of New York City and Times Square. It was a really big church. Um, and I would go and, I, you know, I had a few other friends that were going from college. And I was uh, inviting people and I was excited. And I remember I went one day and they had like a guest speaker. And then he started talking about spiritual warfare and speaking against the things of the devil. And then he kind of brought up that he, yoga was a thing of the devil and that we needed to come against it and, and mm. speak against it and pray against it. And, and, that, and it lost me. You know, I had this big disconnect because I was like, what? Like, you really don't, <laughs> y'all not out here practicing then clearly because how could you say that yoga is of the devil when it's so beneficial? Um, you know, and since then, I've definitely still learned more of the ideology and Hinduism and yoga as mysticism. And I understand that certain religions and religious aspects are going to have problems with something that's rooted in, in, in other religious aspects. Um, but even that was still a disconnect that I needed to make because then I needed to continue to go on in my education and learn the history of things and learn the history of religion and learn. You know, I decided no longer to take just the information that was given to me at face value and and um, so in that time, I chose yoga <laughs> over that, you know, right. because I knew what it was doing for me. And um, and so that was kind of, that was the rift, you know, it was like that was the last hope of even being in a church that felt similar to my childhood and then still finding and feeling that disconnect um, just kind of sent me on a different journey. And so now to the adult side of things, right? <laughs> yeah. I'll try to streamline that a little bit more concise than I did the childhood one but like yeah, I said I don't always get time to go into the childhood one and I guess that really is a big part of who I am mm. um but so then my adult journey began like I said so there you have the plantings of it was with yoga my yoga practice um then my dear friend Freddie Pearson uh came to me one day Freddie is a uh, Zoe and I know Freddie and, and practice Reiki uh, with Freddie, and so it comes in my Reiki story. Um, Freddie was learning Reiki, and at the time he'd already been doing Pilates, and I had been studying Pilates with with him, and I had been also studying yoga with him privately. Um, he was my first uh, teacher to teach me yoga. I did eventually get my, uh, you know, certification, and mm. at the, but at the time he was giving me private lessons on how to teach yoga, and as well as teaching me Pilates. So we were kind of like in this unintentional for me or him maybe but like we were in this like I was in like school with Freddie like just learning mm -hmm. different um you know modalities and so Reiki came up it wasn't something I had really heard of it wasn't something I was into this was around 2010 mm -hmm. um and he was like hey I'm, I'm trying this new thing <laughs> we're trying this new thing called Reiki you mind if I try it on you I was like okay you know word let's do it don't even know what I done signed up so for. Us. That's so <laughs> us, right? And so he's at my, I'm at my Brooklyn apartment, Franklin Ave, uh, Franklin and Atlantic. Big ups, Brook, Brook. Um, so we we're sitting in my Brooklyn apartment. I'm in a chair, and he just starts to, you know, administer Reiki over me and. In that time, he just had me place my hands on my body, and then he would place his hands on top of mine. 
-hmm. and then from the chair we just went down to the different parts of my body but when we got to my belly I had this intense pain I didn't know where it was coming from I thought I got sick out of the blue Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god oh my god wait 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 I can't we can't continue we have to stop this Mm -hmm. session something's my, my stomach is in deep pain I don't know what's going on I'm so sorry but we have to stop and he calmly stayed there for a few moments with my frantic um, helpers and my, it was a deep physical pain in my belly. And he said, okay, okay. But just like for a few moments, just stay with me and just breathe, you know, take deep breaths. And I believe he put his hands on the top of my feet at that time. And I just like hunched over and was holding my belly. And I just felt this crazy pain. And then all of a sudden I started crying. And it was like the most intense, magical release. I just cried. I just cried all of my belly pain away. And and then I knew, and he maybe knew all along that that was the that was the Reiki. You know, that was the work I had had been holding this pain inside of my belly, inside of my my womb. And in that moment, I. I woke up to that and I and I released some things thanks to that session. And so we, we finished the session after I had that realization then um, and release. And then of course I was like, okay, what is this thing? Yeah, <laughs> what right? is Reiki, my friend? Yeah, like, what is you I doing? Know, right? <laughs> when you think about the go ahead, go ahead. Yes, yes. And so um so that began my journey with Reiki. That was like I said, yeah. that was around 2010. And so yeah. A, I continued to be a student and receive the energy work, and then B, I started to learn it myself and how to administer it. And um, and eventually, as you know, then I began to teach it to others as well and, and co-host on Reiki trainings. Um, and along that journey, just kind of the other things kept sprinkling in. So just as I was learning Reiki, um, a lot of that a lot of it stems from either our friendship or just me in like yoga events. I would go to like goddess events and circles in New York and I would learn like people would have different like cards, Oracle decks. The first um, tarot card called me. I just was like, I remember I was at a store getting crystals, which again was something. So I used to collect, that's another childhood thing. I used to collect crystals as a kid, not knowing mm. that there was anything spiritual tied to it. I had, a, I had several large amethysts. I was obsessed with amethysts as a child. I just thought they were pretty, you know, and pyrite. I, I, I kept some amethyst and some pyrite with me as a kid. I, and, you know, it's funny now because I was a very successful child. I'm like, okay, yeah. girl, bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those were things that I would just, I loved those things, you know. And we went, because we lived in the Carolinas. So even I was in North Carolina before South Carolina. And, you know, yeah. we had the mountains and we'd go we to the mountains and we'd go to like, the crystal shops in the mountains. And I would get these pretty crystals. And so I had them and I had like a, what I called a rock collection. Um, yes. I was also obsessed with the geos and stuff. So again, as an adult, as I began to relearn what those things were, I just, mm. I, you know, all from that tunnel, I guess, 2007, 2010, and then beyond until now, obviously, mm. I began to collect crystals and understand the meanings and learn about using them in meditation. I even got a, a, a crystal chakra kit was one of the first things I got. Um, and uh, the cards came about. I eventually went to an angel healing session because I was I was doing energy work at a job. Um, it was like a 
so I used to do this work where I would present, I would be a presenter at um, job health days. So they would mm -hmm. hire presenters to, to do, to teach their, their employees about different topics. And so I, I did that. I taught about yoga, lecture yoga classes, regular yoga classes or um, energy work. And so this happened to be one that I was doing the yoga and they had somebody else for energy work. And so, because I had done energy work at some of these sessions as well as a Reiki uh, practitioner, I was like, oh, what kind of energy work do you do? You know, and she's like, oh, I do this angel healing work. And I was like, what is that? Sat down, got a complimentary brief session. And I started coughing. So I think you can see things are very physical in my body. So am I coughing in the middle of the session? And I was like, oh my God, I have this chronic throat pain that I've been, she's like, yeah, you clear out your throat chakra. And I was like, she's like, you want to come to me for a real session? I was like, oh, hell yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> so that's Deborah Soul. She's, I think, still located in Brooklyn. Um, and she ended up writing a book about it. Uh, I think it's Heal by, Heal by Faith. Something like that, oh. Deborah Soul Angels. I'll, I'll look it up and give you the information later yeah. if anyone's seeking that. Um, but I went to her for, for, you know, multiple sessions and learned um, about kind of dealing with angels in a way that wasn't necessarily under the church umbrella. And so right. that opened up eventually led to me getting angel oracle decks because then I started feeling like called to work with angels. And, and because of some of the things that were coming through her to me about me, it was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like that actually uh, partnered with, you know, eventually we'll cue in my, my time with Zoe Flowers. Um, but so that was another, she was somebody who told me about an ancestor that was watching over me. Mm -hmm. One of the first people, she was the second person who told me the specific ancestor prior to that. Actually, I forgot I'd gotten an Akashic record reading mm -hmm. um, after my yoga teacher training. That was around 2016. I got my yoga teacher training. One of the uh, fellow yoga students in my training, um, uh, Sydney Campos, who I think she still does readings and work for, for people as well. But at that time she was, you know, starting to offer newly offer her Akashic record readings. And so she'd given me a reading and out of that came one of my ancestors names. And I was mm -hmm. queer on that was the first time I had heard very clearly like this ancestor is with you and watching over you. And then that was mm -hmm. reiterated in that angel reading. So then I knew, okay, I got to pay attention to this. Mm -hmm. um, and so we will then, you know, fast forward and cue it to Zoe Flowers. Uh, we had this reading, um, shoot, what year is that, Zoe? Um, 20, maybe 2017, 2018. I think it was the top of 2018, maybe, or the end of 2017, somewhere in maybe. that zone. Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah, 2018 makes sense because I went to New Orleans. And so that's when we, so yes. Um, so in our reading, you had brought up multiple goddess cards and goddess decks. Mm. And out of that, you brought up Orisha. You had brought up several goddesses to me and had told me some, there were some prayers and affirmations for me to do with the goddesses. Um, but one of which came up was Oya. And, and that was my introduction to Orisha. I had not, mm -hmm. I had not really known much about um, African traditional religions or any of that um, information. And so I'm like, Oya, oh, this is interesting. What does this mm -hmm. mean? Um, but she, there was a, from what you gave me in that reading, there was a, a, a meditation to follow. And so mm -hmm. I recorded that meditation for myself and I would play it to myself over and over again, like on the train at home, whatever. And it was a visualization of, of the time with Oya. And, oh my God, that 2018 was one of the most transformative years of my life. And, and little did I know at the beginning that 
you know, some of this was sparked by her. And you also, during that reading, we talked about ancestral altars. And I think I had previously already learned about the ancestor, one main ancestor that was watching over me. So Mm -hmm. after my conversation with you, I was able to kind of build my altar and really start to say, okay, now I already have the information that she's with me and that others maybe are with me now. How, what do I do with that information? And so that started my journey with altar work. I'm still learning on that journey and hope to learn more. Um, But but yeah, so I went to New Orleans after our reading, a couple months after, after I'd been meditating with that that recording with Oya, and I, I had a friend in New Orleans, and I was like, "Hey, sis, like, help me out. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> what you what you know about what you know about the Orisha? Okay. Um, um, beautiful, beautiful, wonderful sis, uh, John A. Williams, who uh, at this time of this recording is based in, in in New Orleans, I believe, still, and um, she's. Uh, masterful teacher, a lawyer, you know, entrepreneur, business coach, and healer, um, but also a friend. And um, and so I went to see her speak. We, we, we had arranged for me to come visit while she was doing a, a talk. And then I was like, okay, girl, can you help me out with this? And she did. She ushered me into uh, giving my first offering um, to Oya, as well as, you know, I was able to meet someone in New Orleans who could talk to me more about the, the practice of Orisha, and I ended up being so called that I ended up going back the same, the second, this, I just went back in 2018, mm-hmm. so I went twice to New Orleans the same year, mm-hmm. um, really to kind of learn more, I ended up going to even like the museums there, the, I don't remember the exact museum, but there was like a, there were a couple of different museums, and one of them was like a smaller museum of, I don't know if it was called the Museum of Voodoo or whatever, but it, Whichever one it was, it was like small, but it was it was powerful because it, I was able to really read the history of uh, Ifa and then how that branched into hoodoo, voodoo, and all the the history, the makings, the the uh, the symbolism, the snake, and um, power in that way, and and just learn you know candle magic, all these things. I just was it was just learning. I guess what I'm trying to say yeah. it sent me on a learning journey, so yeah. I just really started to take in still learning but it really opened up learning more about african traditional religions and 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 how that can play into my life and perhaps the lives of others yeah i love it i love this story so i want to say to the people listening one when you come get readings from me do what i say Follow the instructions. Yeah. But there's also this piece in seriousness. There is this thing about you, Sahaya, that people can, this following instructions piece, this finding teachers, Freddie, myself, your person in New Orleans, even before us, your church upbringing. So in all seriousness, right, folks? It's like, you don't have to do this by yourself. And in fact, you'd be better off if you didn't. Like, I definitely have done way too too many things by myself. And what that's caused is a lot of bumbling around, a lot of possessions in New Orleans, you know, Mm. um, because I wasn't like Sahaya. I didn't go find somebody, you know. I just stumbled into places and was like, I want to be possessed. And then got possessed. Oof, yeah. Mm. So... Find people that you can trust 
Definitely. And listen to your intuition. And I'm also hearing from your story, um, listening to your own intuition as well. So it's like, and saying yes to the calls in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very excited to do this reading because it's kind of like, you know, there are some very key points here about following your intuition and answering the call. Because at any time you could have been like, nah, I don't really want to do that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I, I would love to hear from you, um, you know, a time when you said no to your call and what the result was. It's interesting because as you were just saying that, I was laughing mm-hmm. with myself when I read The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. And I was, oh, <laughs> I remember when you were reading that. I was like, I need to be reading no. I be saying yes all the time. Like, what does the year of no look like? Because <laughs> I, I be right. saying yes and going on a journey, honey. Um, <laughs> I've been saying yes. So, uh, thank you for putting that together because I'm like, yep, that tracks. I have been. Um, but uh, you know, I'll speak to it. And it's funny that you, you did mention the teachers and thank you for putting that in perspective for me because I have often felt like I was fumbling around and doing it alone and figuring it out and clearly not, right? But because but because maybe all my teachers were different and sporadic and it wasn't like in a, a, a school type, you know, format, you know, now I can look at it and piece it together. But because it was all just kind of happening sporadically for me, I often did feel alone in that journey. I often felt like, what am I doing? What is all this information? Where is it coming from? What am I supposed to do next? Like, um, you know, wanting, like, I wish there was a mystic school, you know, things like that. I guess my church was a version of that, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. but I actually was wishing that I had more structure in my, in my, in my learning, but you, you did pinpoint the fact that I still did have guidance in my learning and I wasn't alone and I did continue to seek classes and I've just, I actually named a few people here, but I, there's so many more, right? Like I did go to workshop. I, would, I used to go, uh, Alice and Charles, Rockstar Shaman used to host uh, meditation circles and, and uh, goddess circles in, in New York and I would go, you know? And so here I was like animal journeying with her. And if you follow her, see her, you look at her journey now, it's just, you know, she just released the animal power book and I'm so excited to get it because I was like, that opened up the channel for me with animal journeying. And I feel like I get messages from animals all the time. And I had gone mm. before that. The Open Center in New York had done like a dream interpretation workshop with a different shaman and, and learned about shamanism. So you're right. Like, it's like, you know, I would always get these little inklings and follow it. But let me get back to the question, which is a time when I didn't. Um, I won't say that there's a time that I didn't, but I can tell you a time where I felt like it went wrong. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And then we'll do your reading. Yeah, because I was like, I feel like I really do be saying yes, sis. I'll be, I'll be saying yes. But but out here in L.A., I I decided to try psychedelics, uh, something I had not done, haven't done since. I've never done ayahuasca or any of those ceremonial things. Um, I had been offered tea once, and I was too scared to take it. Um, and so out here, uh, I was offered shrooms. And, oh, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, and it's LA, so you see people doing shrooms all the time. You know, people are happy yeah. and having these joyful, loving shroom experiences, and um, and even at parties, you know, people are just drinking shroom juice. You'd be at a house party and somebody drinking some shroom juice. Like, you know, it's just very LA. Um, and so I'm thinking, okay, this is a simple, you know, entryway for me. Um, I do some deep spiritual work to prepare. 
um, I actually, I think uh, Allison Charles actually had done like a, a, a live, um, I mean, it was an IG live or something. It just happened to coincide like the night before I was going to be taking my shroom trip. And so she took us on some journey and I was talking to my ancestors and just going deep. And um, we had planned it and we had somebody that was going to be like babysitting us and preparing food. And I was with a, a friend and it, I did a lot to prepare. Uh, for that shroom journey for my shroom trip uh i prepared for it like it was a major spiritual transition and okay. what it sued was in the first maybe even 20 minutes you know I'm, I'm vomiting uncontrollably i'm seeing stars i'm on the floor i'm 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 cleaning up my vomit because i don't want anybody else to i'm feeling embarrassed and then you know People are saying these are the normal parts, right? But so when we get to the maybe less normal part of a shroom trip is then I'm, I was sitting in the in the living room trying to function around the other people and I just couldn't. So I just like went and closed myself off in my room, which I also mm. have learned since then. People are like, no, don't like be around right. people. But I didn't know, you know, and I'm thinking that I was about to have this major spiritual experience, which I, to be fair, I think I did, but yeah. <laughs> But so what happens, what ensues is just like four hours of torture. Um, and um, honestly, looking back on it, right, it was it was up-leveling, it was upgrading, but it certainly didn't feel like that, right? It was like, well, you know, the people talk about death, spiritual death. It's like, I don't like, I died. Like, I was like screaming in the bathroom. Like, I just felt like uh, I was getting these downloads about um, how I needed to stand up for my people. I was feeling like ancestral pain. Um, I was feeling wounding, I was feeling violence, uh, whiteness, and, and this happened uh, June 2020, May 2020, when this was going mm. on. So it was May 2020, because I, I can speak to that, because later I realized it, I experienced this right before the uprisings. Yeah. So feeling, but I'm feeling crazy in that moment. I'm like, why am I in my personal shroom trip trying to do my own spiritual awakening, feeling violence from whiteness? And um it didn't make sense because then like yeah. less than I know the second half of the year was violence from, <laughs> you know, and yeah. brutality and, you know, yeah. everything was an upheaval, but I didn't know that at that time, yeah. you know, that that's what was coming. And so I just was feeling it. I was crying. And then I kept hearing about transmuting the word transmute kept coming up. And so mm. again, now looking back, I can learn that that was a message for me to like, as a healer and as a, just a human, just to learn how to transmute the pain but not knowing what the pain was and where it was coming from, it was just too much. And I just remember just shaking and being, literally, I think I said, I'm like, this is too much, this is too much, you know? Um, and so at the time I actually was doing some work. I had an Oracle deck, Isis Oracle deck, and I, I had been doing work to open my third eye, even prior to the reading, and yet again, all the preparation I had been doing going in. So mm -hmm. I like, that's the time where I can finally get to like, well, I said, no, I put that deck away for a yes. long time because I was like, if I open my third eye and that's what's happening, close that thing back. <laughs> sort, sort of joking, but you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that could kind of segue yeah. into what I said no because so much happened. It was so intense. I just felt so um, violated with the information, even if I can look back now and be like, it was good and I up leveled. It was just like so hard it was like every pain so much of my pain in my entire life came up in that moment and i just know that if i wasn't surrounded by the 
uh, spiritual people and support of others that I had at that time, that could have been a, a dark, groundbreaking moment. I, I could see now why people lose themselves in in, yeah. in these kinds of things. Because if somebody else had that kind of an experience and didn't have any support, I I, I can't imagine what I would have done. So I, I can only imagine what somebody else would have done. Right. Um, and I had to call on support. It was dark coming out of it. Yeah. You know, it was two weeks in the dark. I I, I wouldn't. I could not leave my bed until darkness. Wow. Um, I didn't eat for like a week. I was like, I was just like drinking like water, food, water. Um, it was crazy, you know, and intense. And like I said, I didn't really know going into it what I thought I knew. Well, I, maybe I did. And so now what I've heard from others is that maybe I did, I, uh, you know, I did too much, right? Because I'm seeing people do this, drinking this juice at parties. I'm like, well, that don't be happening to them. But it was like, because I had done so much spiritual preparation you know and i so open yeah you know i I understand yeah and maybe took just took too much as well you know a combination of both um so that's a time when spirituality you know like i said in hindsight i can't also talk about how it served me and and but i also can say that was a dark it was a dark time yes yes i too have a mushroom journey that we'll talk, we can talk about offline and yes seven hours. please <laughs> seven hours for me yeah i believe it because that was the thing i was like and at this point i'm like i'm over it and there's nothing you can do like it just won't end it just won't end it's what it meant it doesn't end yeah, it does, yeah. there's no end in sight i'm like when's this gonna end yeah. and then i go to sleep i wake up and it's still like no end dude i told you it's like weeks of darkness and the, the, the oh, trip it, but i wasn't the same you know, for a while. Yeah. yeah. But maybe whatever it needed to, whatever happened needed to happen. Yeah. I mean, looking back on it now, you know, because like I said, I did have support lined up and it, and it showed me mm-hmm. that I needed more support in my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was a catalyst for a lot of deep healing. Wow. Um, it wasn't the end of the journey by any means. It was, right. and I wouldn't say it was the beginning either because I'd already been deep in my journey, but it was a right. catalyst that, pushed me into the ways of healing that I needed. And it pushed me to seeking and receiving the support that I needed. And it pushed me into showing up for myself in ways that I didn't even know I wasn't. Yeah, amazing, amazing. All right, let's get into this reading. So let's do this. Let's just go ahead and let your shoulders drop. Let your top lid fold over your bottom lid. And we're going to take three deep breaths in. And actually what I'm seeing is breathing in just like a white mist, almost like you're breathing in a cloud. And then we're going to exhale out yellow. So just taking a moment and just breathing in and letting that cloud go all the way up to your top of your head, almost filling your entire skull cavity. And then exhaling out just a yellow mist. Inhaling again, letting the mist clear out any energies that may interrupt our reading. Exhaling out, go. Inhaling in again. Holding it, exhaling out. 
and just saying your name, your full name to yourself three times. And when you're ready, open your eyes. And let's get into this reading. So, do you have specific questions? Did you want overall energy? I definitely want overall energy. Um, okay. I think if these maybe aren't specific questions, as maybe they are just guidance for where that overall energy that I'm seeking is. Is um, I am, I am looking at, I'm looking for where to focus my energy, how to focus my energy. Um, Love it. Don't say anything else. I'm pulling from the seasons of the witch, Beltane Oracle. Where to focus your energy. So I actually have boundaries here. <laughs> and it actually came up in reverse. And isn't it interesting? Oh my gosh. First of all, you saw that. Um, this is the only reason why I can't wait till we can actually do this in video. But um, you saw, you see that yellow. Maybe I can turn my ring light down. Um, you see this red circle around her mm -hmm. and w did we not blow out the yellow circle <laughs> we did it looks even oh like this. it looks like white mist and yellow you see that white mist? this mm -hmm. is a brand new deck i just got this deck last week so a lot of these i haven't even seen oh wow. my goodness that's wow. nuts yeah. so this should be actually this should be your meditation so before you leave the house, not that, like, you don't have to do that meditation that we did, but the way she's encircled, it's like, and this is like a pinkish haze to it, which is also interesting. So I'm also feeling like some sacral chakra work mm. because of this red here. Um, and you were also talking about your painting and things like that. So definitely being more creative. And there might even be some other like um, other things that you haven't done in a long time. Like, I don't know if you dance or sing or something like that or do like sound healing. Mm. Um, but that's also something that could be very good for you. But let's get back to these boundaries. So setting firmer energetic boundaries and adding that to the spiritual, you know, practice that you're already doing. So imagining this pink, you know, and I'll take a picture of this, this pink circular around you. And then this gold, oh my God. And we were talking about gold dust. I literally cannot, I'm literally <laughs> done. And so, yeah, setting boundaries here. And then we have the number three, you know, and that's like the triplicity, the triple goddess, the, you know, the father, son, the Holy ghost. So we already know three is a magic number. That's also the member of Eshu, you know, and Ifa, the trickster, who stands at the crossroads. Also, nothing can, I'm glad we're recording because they're going fast. Um, so nothing, you know, you can't enter into any type of ritual without first calling in Legba or Eshu or Elegba, right? Depending on which faction of, of him you are dealing with. And so that's the thing for you with these boundaries. It's like nothing should be able to go through 
without you having your boundaries in place. And so if things aren't going the way you want them to go, because we also have mountains back here. And whenever we see mountains, that means areas of growth. Also spending more time at the water. Um, <laughs> nothing can go through if your boundaries are not like, it's like the boundaries need to be like, like, like locked in. Like, no, you shall not pass. You shall go no further. They're done with this deck. That's wild. It means so much to me already. <laughs> so that's the first thing. The first thing is boundaries and yeah. and 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 putting a ring around yourself, mm. a ring of energy, a ring of protective energy. Oh, I love it. We love the nine of cups. Yes, this is what mm. we're talking about, and this is where we're going. Once we set our boundaries, Ooh, she look cute. Our <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she has she all Yeah, she's 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 um she's uh you know she's got it going on. You know, the nine of cups also can be a warning of greed. Although I don't think that's anything that we really have to worry about with you. But you know, cups is about emotions, right? And so this is a person where mm -hmm. you know she's got her emotions intact. And why does she have her emotions intact? Because she set her boundaries. She's even got her arms and her legs crossed. Like she is a boundary. Like, look, these are my emotions. You're not getting to them. I did all of this work to get to this freaking nine of cups. It was a lot of fucking work and I'm not going to let you come in and turn my cups over and turn my emotions over. And this is cancer, Pisces, Scorpio. So I don't know if you have that, you know, um, somewhere strong in your chart, Pisces, cancer, Scorpio, but also the thing is, because of where we are and what's happening planetarily, because we are in a six year, which is the water tiger, I believe in the Asian da da da. And so you want to find out where the water is in your chart and perhaps set up an altar to that specific um, placement. So how do you do that? So if you have strong Pisces, you could just, you know, you can even just get some water or, you know, we were talking about Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. So you could get like a picture of Neptune or a picture of Jupiter, like the planet and put that on an altar with some water. But this is good. Like this is, this is good. This is like, I got my stuff together. I got my emotions together. Questions and you said, put it where? Put it on your altar. Oh, okay. you, can put, you can put your altar anywhere. But you want to just look at your birth chart first and see where your water placements are. Yeah. And then you want to um, just give attention to that. You want to strengthen those areas. Questions for me? Um, sheesh, I don't know. That's pretty clear. I don't know if you remember we were even talking about. Um, I know my Venus and Pisces, and I know that there's some other places. Oh. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and the boundaries makes a lot of this literally what um, a thing that I'm, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. thing that I've been working on. So it, it, it's, 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 it's none of it comes as a surprise. It's very like, yeah. okay. Um, if anything, is there any other more meanings to the Nine of Cups in general of like action to take or? Yes. That's a great question. This is a result. They go together. They go together. This is a result of 
the boundaries. And so, of course, with Venus in Pisces, right, say no more, right? Like Pisces is boundless. It's water. It's like, of course. And Venus is about, let's talk about Venus, right? Because we know Venus is about love, but Venus is also about luxury. Venus is about, you know, nice things. We're about to go into Taurus, which Venus also rules. So Venus also has to do with security, right? And so the thing is for you, ah, I love this. So having your, yes, more clarification, having your emotions in order, being this nine of cups is going to actually affect and um, grow your abundance as well right? Because you've got that Venus in Pisces. So that also means that the emotions can, can interrupt like the money and the abundance flow and things like that, right? So the more you set your boundaries and this is even like, no, I can't work for half of the pay. Like, no, sorry. Like, no, pay me everything, right? And then that will make you feel better. Mm. And when you feel better, about your position and again, more gold here. It's also a returning. This is why we had that long securitous conversation about your childhood, because this is also like returning to that child that like had the gold us. It's like that feeling like that connection that did the child that carried amethyst and pyrite right? It's like getting back to that. Mm. We are going to the Green Witch Oracle. This is a deck of vegetables and fruits. And so it's going to give us some information. Also, I think working with the number three, because we have three here, we have nine here, and then three cards also fell out. You might want to do some work actually with a shoe or legba. So digging back into your, um, your, um, New Orleans people. Okay. So this is nice. This, this deck also has flowers. I forgot that. So we have here attraction. So this is all going to be connected to this nine of cups. So we have pansy for attraction. So again, the more you're in this nine of cups energy, I already said that, your abundance will grow. Your attraction will grow. So getting some pansies, bringing some pansies in the house to remind yourself. We also have potato for grounding. I don't know if you're eating carbs. It's like, you're telling us to eat carbs out this bitch. Like, but we're going to we're gonna look the at- The sweet potato count? Oh, sweet potato. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's cute. And, and all of these connect to different planets and signs. So we'll go into that more. So it's like the boundaries, the emotions, the emotions lead to make you more attractive as if that's possible, make you more oh. abundant. And then that abundance from that abundance that gives you a deeper sense of grounding. And then we have watermelon here for fertility. Oh, wow. And, and again, like I was saying, that sacral chakra, like never letting that stay out of your mind. 
Mm. because it's about creativity. It's about being fertile, new ideas, new projects, and all of these things. And all these things stem from setting boundaries. Mm. So let's see if there's anything with pansy here. It's card number 34, which we would bring down to seven, which we know is a divine number. It resonates to the element of air. And so it says, pansies indicate that people are being pulled into your life who align well with you. Romance may be on the agenda, but this energy also helps build community and friendship circles. Possibly where learning takes place, it is time to step back a little and relax into what is happening naturally. Hesitation and overthinking can cause blockages and watch out for personal deception and gossip. Mm. There we go. There we go. So you can use it for memories. Remember we talked about like going back, like keying back into that, you know, that younger you. <clears throat> it resonates with meditation. So maybe putting this in your, you know, where you do your yoga. This is the pansies or? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. It resonates with kindness. Um, it works with the fairies. It works with Quan Yin, which is a very gentle deity, which is lovely. The celestial planet is Saturn. The astrological sign is Libra. So what should I say about Saturn? They're saying don't talk about Saturn right now. So that's fine. Because we don't have time. <laughs> Saturn's like my favorite planet to talk about, even though it's like so hard. But anyway, then we have Potato. Okay, so potato is explore the deeper innermost areas of yourself and situations as potato indicates energies that are calling you to look again at what you may have once missed and will help to bring stability. Hmm. If you're looking for an answer, try pulling back a little to let things settle on their own first. Isn't it interesting that both of these cards have the same exact language? Pull back a little. Hmm. The attraction and the grounding. So what I would say, it's almost like in, you know, there's a meditation that I like to do with the eagle where I go up high and I look down at different areas of life to look at things from a different perspective, almost like the hangman in the tarot. And so that's the guidance here. It's like really just pulling back a little bit because this said this too with the pansy or the potato. Maybe there's something that you've missed. Mm. Interesting. And then the fertility, number 29, the nurture of elements around you is highlighted. And watermelon energy shows that you will reap what you have sown. The wisdom of nature is at the forefront and answers, discoveries, and inspiration will be found there for you. Plan well, stick with things, and look after those around you. Challenges may be a failure to connect with others and within with others and in authenticity. So we had something there around gossip for pansy, I think. And then mm -hmm. this too around inauthenticity so maybe that's also just an area maybe this has to do with like work or business or something just because we are we do have this energy 
with Pisces and all of that. And that can be, you know, Pisces can be a sign of illusion and particularly with um, the Neptune and the Jupiter uh, in Pisces this week, tomorrow. Um, this is actually, I get it, slow down. This is a time of things looking better than they are. So it's like we have this like burst of energy, you know, because Jupiter is about expansion. Neptune is all about like wishes and dreams and all of those things, right? And so it's like, it can be a time of like people presenting themselves as being like almost too good to be true. So I even said this in for my IG post that's coming out this week to just really mm. make sure that you're reading the fine print. So, so yeah, so this is where this pulling back is and this is something actually for you to just watch for like the next six months is what i'm hearing so offers projects make sure you get because again this boundaries make sure you're not over giving make sure you're not over promising so it's like just pull back a little and just make sure you're not doing that for the next six months so that yeah you don't get into something like you were saying like where you said yes and then you're like oh man maybe i gave too much does that make sense yeah, no, it's interesting. I um, all this is so, like I said, it's very interesting. It's all specific, and I mean, it's uh, it speaks a little bit to something that I just kind of navigated coming out of. Even so, I'm like, okay, I just uh, in this moment, right, I'm having to deal with the fear of being like again because like, I just I feel like I just did that. Or I just learned this lesson. I just pulled back. Um, but if anything, I guess it's a reiteration to just you know continue to stay present and stay vigilant and you know, not repeat old patterns, perhaps. Um, and I guess other than that, I guess it's just me. I'm curious to see what it means because I don't know um, specifically in this moment. But like I said, I have some very specific examples in my past, recent past that I can be like, oh, okay, well, that was the time where I needed that message, mm -hmm. you know. And funny mm -hmm. enough, I have been eating a lot of watermelon, some of which this is LA, it's starting to get warm, but I've been... Um, I have some right now in my freezer. I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna make some like frozen watermelon treat," but I haven't, and it's, I've, I've, I haven't done that before, I'm you know. So me. that's very interesting um, that that would come up. Um, and even yesterday, oh my gosh, yesterday this is actually quite hilarious because I I've been um, juicing and being more you know conscious and cleansing and eating whole foods. But I went to a birthday party and I wasn't eating any of the past foods. I was like, this is the first time in my life. Like they pass around pizza, chicken sandwiches. And I'm saying no to everything. And then French fries came along and I said, I'm saying yes. <laughs> I said yes to French fries. And I grabbed it. Well. And then you said last night, you said? Yes. <laughs> no. And yes. But listen, as I put it in my mouth, French fry in my mouth, I licked my fridge, I said, this is a vegetable, right? It's potato. And I'm cracking up because that was just, that was last night. It was a potato. So I was just, because I hadn't had it, I hadn't had it in a while, you know, yes. I just had it last night. And I, like I said, I have, well, I've been having watermelon. I have some in the freezer now. So that is interesting that those two things are the, sure, there's a lot of things I haven't eaten or I'm not eating right, right now, right, but right. for it to be watermelon and potato, potato hasn't been on my radar except that yesterday did occur, uh, but watermelon certainly has been on the radar. So I, that's very interesting. It is interesting that they just came back to back like that. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, okay. I'm going to go to the ancestors. So this is the ancestor day. 
and maybe we'll do some herbs. Um, let's go back to that original question. What do you have for Sakaya? Thank you. Oh, that's nice. This is probably going to be a confirmation for you. Oh my God, it is confirmation. Treat your body well. Exercise, meditate, massage. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And you should be drinking my green juice right now. Like. Yes. <laughs> so the cool thing about, did I bring the book? Oh, I don't think I brought the book. Because uh, the cool thing about this deck is it actually goes to the lineage of the people in the deck. But these people look to be of some sort of Asian descent. Yeah, doing so the massage. Yeah. So that's, oh, don't you do like Thai massage or something? Is that you? Mm-mm. Uh, Freddie was doing Thai massage. Oh, okay. But, yeah. um, but I have, funny enough, I did. <laughs> Let me get too personal. I had a good massage recently, but I also, yeah, massage has been on my radar. I guess I'll just say that massage has been on my okay. radar, uh, and I have been getting back into my body, doing certain physical things, doing yoga, more yoga, teaching yoga mm -hmm. again, live, you know, which I hadn't done in a long time due to the okay. pandemic, and um, and as a result of that, though, too, like walking and stuff like that, feeling my body, being in my body, then I also feel every little thing. So yeah. I actually, the massage thing speaks to definitely you know an ongoing need in my life as well and remembering that when i have been extra physical in the past i've needed these massages to kind of keep me going yes um so that's a reminder as i the other things like you said our confirmation is like i yes. have been doing the physical aspect and i have been nourishing my body um yes. much more and, and consciously like pursuing that but but I haven't necessarily been getting my regular massages um, or, and I thought about it. So it's still a confirmation because it is something that crossed my mind, but I just hadn't figured out yet how to make that really, I need to like create a stronger budget and make sure that's in the, in the budget, you know? Yes. And it's also a part of the boundaries too. It's like setting that, that also like you're taking, you know, it takes something to be physical. So it's like, you're taking things out, you're taking foods out, you're, you know, you're creating these also like boundaries around what you're eating and things like that. So it's also like giving yourself a treat. Make sure that you give yourself a treat as you restrict, which thank you. I always find a way to work in Saturn. <laughs> Saturn is the planet of restriction. So, <laughs> even, so even as you are restricting certain things, just remember, you know, the juicy message of watermelon and, and that. So giving yourself a gift as well. Yeah, that's funny. Even that in this, because I, as I told you, with my diet, I've been restricting myself from certain things. I haven't even been eating uh, meat. I just made some shrimp because I had some left over, and I was like, I need to eat this. If I'm not, if I'm not going to be eating meat for a while, I need to eat this. So I'm not looking at it and thinking about it every day. Mm -hmm. And even that was just shrimp, you know. And I made a salad, a, a citrus mm -hmm. shrimp salad. But so that was I just stood at the party it was restriction, and I allowed myself to eat those French fries, but I hadn't. I'd been restricting myself from it for the most part. And then it was the potato mm -hmm. that broke me. So I thought that's very it's interesting. It's always the potato. <laughs> it's always the potato. So we'll do one message of the birds. This will give us an affirmation. And then if you have another question, you can feel free to ask it. So what do the birds have to say? What do you have to say to Sahaya? So we have the parrot. 
it's time to embrace who you really are, not worrying about other people's thoughts or opinions. Mm -hmm. Just a very beautiful feather. And then we have the canary. Step forward now, sing your song. And we talked about sound healing. There is a power in finding your voice. Do you do sound healing? I haven't offered, I haven't done, I have not administered sound healing, but um, funny that as we mentioned earlier, right, I said I've been doing, and that's been for years now, but I'm doing a lot of healing in the throat chakra. I do voice, you know, I do voiceover work. Actually, oh, there it is, maybe. Okay. Got it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in the talks about creating um, a meditation album and using, obviously, my voice to guided meditation and, and music. Um, and that I, we just had our initial meeting literally last week. So funny that we go. you just said it. And I was like, no, because that's necessarily in traditional sense. But now, okay, well, that makes sense. I'm wanting to create this this album. And um, and just creative. I've also just been wanting to nurture more of my creative self outside of acting, right? Because acting yes. has become this career thing and bubble. But the playfulness of creativity is something that I've been wanting to rekindle. So, yep. Makes Great. sense. Yep, I love it. I love it. Great, good. So there's the sound. Great. So that's a confirmation for that CD. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> who you are. There's power in your voice. Step forward now. Boom. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Even that's like funny because I've been um, at the time of relaunching my holistic services. Right. I've never. I never stopped offering them, you know, per se, but I haven't necessarily been outwardly promoting. Um, and even that I'm coming up with a, a name change, I'm about to relaunch a new name and go forward with everything. Um, I can say it now because by the time this probably airs, it will be live or will be coming soon. But uh, okay. I, I'm launching and relaunching Holistically Fierce Healing. And um, I think you know, Zoe, I had had holistically fierce in the past, but I didn't have healing as the word in a part of it. It was always that um, umbrella, but it just, um, I currently have been operating under We Breathe, Move, Meditate, and I've had a couple of different uh, iterations of my holistic services and the name umbrella that they're under, um, but I've been meditating and praying on it. And as I've, like I said, just starting to teach live classes again and offer workshops and, and events, um, it has come. It's 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 holistically fierce healing. So, um, that's 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 being reborn. I guess is what I could say to I, that. I love that, and that is giving me another way to use these cards. Like these are also like topics to teach in your class, like mm. setting boundaries. Mm. Being, emotional intelligence, being like in the nine of cups, teaching people how to build their attraction and their abundance, grounding. Like you could even bring pansies in somehow when you're doing your classes and things like that. And mm. also sweet potato, maybe doing like something with cooking or something for them. And then the watermelon too with fertility. Who knows, you might have people with fertility issues. So maybe again, I kept talking about that sacral chakra, maybe doing something around fibroids or vaginal health or something like that for people. Yeah, which wow. all goes into treating your body well. So that's just another way of 
and helping people to find their true voice and freedom. So that's also like some, some things that you can also incorporate. Yeah. Into your business. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Thank that's you so much. Programming. Yeah. That's some programming right there. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's like seven classes right there. That's like, Oh, I'm glad you because <laughs> I don't know where my notes are right now, but I should just write that. That's the whole program right there. Let me write it out. I'll send you the photos. I'll send you the photos. But yeah, that's, that's, they didn't gave you a whole blueprint. They yeah. like here. <laughs> that's okay. Other questions? <laughs> um. You know, I'm, I'm hesitating to say this out loud because I know that this is uh, a recorded podcast, but okay. I do, I am curious about the romance part and it did come up in my reading and it has come up and it's been something that I've been working to heal that space. It came up in that shroom trip heavily. Like I, I, I felt like all the wounds of my past lovers live in that shroom trip, which is painful, but powerful okay. because I release okay. it, right? Um, but since then, I had all these I had multiple readings actually that told me um, my soulmate was coming and that I was going to find romance and love. And I had a lot of those readings going into 2020. I don't know if it's just that the astrological life of 2020 threw, threw things off or what, but that did not happen. Right. And Thanks. so, <laughs> and, um, and even with myself, I pulled recently again, like soulmate cars and, and I continue to learn and boundaries has come up a lot for me. So it's I literally no surprise that you pulled that card first. You know, I actually have a, a book that my therapist has just recommended um, on codependency. And um, so zero surprises there. But because that is a topic and part of the topic that's coming up, um, I, I guess I am just asking it, right? I was like, I don't want to ask it on the podcast. But, but I am curious, like if anything yeah. is coming up, something did come up, right? You mentioned romance and Yes. And boundaries and all that's a part of it. So I'm just curious if, um, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't want to say, like, when's it going to happen or something like that. But yeah. I think I maybe yeah. want to say, maybe what can I do? Even like, you know, and I felt that as well with the sacral chakra healing and activity. But I'm just curious to just like, uh, and I and hopefully, because I know, you know, this is a podcast, like maybe something that might be able to help others as well. But like, what is it, if there's a, something specific for me, like what can I just do, I guess, to prepare or be continue to be in alignment for that romance or romantic partnership? Even if it's not the one, I at least want healthy interactions. And I'm finding that like I have, that's even that has been scarce for me, it feels like. And so healing that space, evaluating that space, setting firmer boundaries, clear boundaries, all the things I know that that's, what has already come up. So I'm just curious if there's anything else um, in the form of advice from the, from the yes. cards and guides. Yes. So first I would say, so this is boundaries, but not a wall, not a brick wall. Mm. Yeah. So let's not confuse boundaries with a brick wall. Mm -hmm. This pansy for attraction. Also, this is like the third thing, right? And so the, again, this nine of cups, this is like emotional satisfaction. So it's definitely here. So I would say like, there's something about these pansies, like bringing them in. Like, I don't know if there's like, like a pansy perfume. I don't even know if they smell good. I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I'm not as familiar with pansies. So it's going to be fun to kind of explore that. Oh, you know what? This book has rituals too. So hold on. This book has rituals. So let me see what the ritual is. But let's, let's, let's answer this question. 
So first, also believing it's possible. But Spirit, what do you have for Sahaya about romance? What do you have? Don't be afraid to want it. Don't be afraid to request it. Also, acting as if. What else, Spirit? There actually this you should take a note, even if it's like um just jotting it down. There, All there, right, let me grab. Yeah, so just <laughs> before you said things, you know, because I was like, I will take my notes. No, let me grab it. Don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. These are nice. Okay. Oh, are you going to give, oh, I wish I had my, my other cards actually do have like months and stuff, but I left them at home. So, um, oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. Huh. Interesting. Okay. All right. So the first thing here we have loon and it says, pay attention to your dream time. Messages of guidance are drifting in. So even asking in your dreams, you know, um, where can you go? How can you expand your circle? How can you expand your level of attraction? Begin calling in your mate in your dream time. I don't know if you're doing that. You know, I'm curious um, yeah. about that because I'm not somebody who consistently remembers their dreams. Yeah. Uh, I do have some times where they're, they are more prevalent than others, but mm -hmm. I also oftentimes, if I do stuff before bed, I'll fall asleep into whatever it is I'm doing. Yes. So I'm curious if you have any advice or yes. tools on how to do that. So, so the answer to that is no, I haven't necessarily because I maybe I don't know how or. Yes. So it's very simple. Before you go to bed, just write down what you want the answers to when you wake up, right? And so it's like, tell me something about my perspective partner. Show me the things. Cause there are just, there's like one or two things here really about like what you need to do. It's not like you have to do a whole bunch of things. Um, but it's very interesting that this is pay attention to your dream time. So it's like being intentional, setting your intention before you go to bed, writing down that you do want to get answers. So for example, I know I'm talking in riddles, but this is what I've, if I've wanted to do work in my dream time, there was a person that I was having issues with in the 3D world. So in my dream, I sent my higher self to that person to fix that situation, okay, in the dream time so that I wouldn't have to worry about them in the 3D. I've also asked for people to be taken out of my life in the 3D. So perhaps, yes, I'm hearing that you can ask to be brought closer to 
your divine partner. You can ask that in your dream time. You can write down, you know, it's almost like instead of doing an actual vision board, write down, ah, thank you, what you want to see, what you want to feel, what you want to experience. Write that down before you go to bed and perhaps look at it, you know, glance at it before you go to bed and then see what messages you get when you wake up in the morning. Like, for example, there was also some work that I wanted to do on a play when I was writing Ashes. And so I asked for, you know, the closing poem, so to speak, before I went to bed, because I was like, Spirit, I really need like the closing poem for my play. When I woke up, instantly, I had sometimes I hear voices. I just like literally opened my eyes and I just wrote the whole closing to the play. So that is an example of working with your dreams. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any other, no, they're like, don't, there's not, no, they don't want to give you, they don't want you to be like overwhelmed. So that's a good start. Um, okay. So then you also got the Pelican. So that we did get in reverse and it says, choose to follow the path of forgiveness and raise your vibration. So you are already doing your juicing and things like that. And the other thing I'm hearing is like, don't be too hard on yourself. Again, it's like boundaries don't mean walls. It's a fine line. So it's like not being too hard on yourself, like not being so structured or whatever, right? And if you do slip up or you're not as consistent, don't beat yourself up about that. Ah, I get it. The message of the loon, you know, ducks, loons, whatever, they go with the flow. They float. They don't force. It's a balance. It's like on the one hand, Go out to places where you think, oh, the other thing they're saying is, do you even know what you want in a oh. relationship, like for real? Not a read. <laughs> they said, do I know what I want? Not in theory, but like in the 3D. And so, and what are the fears you have around that? So those are also things you can write down and ask to be removed in your dream time, in your dreams, calling in your angels, you know, going back to that angel work that you were doing, that angel healing, using your crystals, using your tools, because it says to raise your vibration. So definitely getting clear on what you want in real life, because there is a fear here of constriction. And of like, if I get into this relationship, will I know how to be? Will I lose myself? Will this happen? Will they try to control me? It's like making friends and making peace with those fears. And look at it. They're saying, just like we talked about moving to New York or moving to LA, balancing the fear and the wonder. As a matter of fact, those are your theme words, your fear, the fear and the wonder of both. When the when your when your when your own stuff comes back to get you, <laughs> you see how that works, right? You see how that works. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's the approach. That's the approach. So I did ask a little bit about your partner. So this is interesting. So we got Libra, we got idealist. So this person could have a strong Libra placement. And so, you know, that's, uh, you know, um, interesting. So it could be, you know, so Libra is air. So they might be, you know, um, a little idealistic, a little intellectual, which is, you know, nice for a person such as yourself. Um, of course, can be a little indecisive, a little judgy. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a Libra, so it's like, you know, good luck. But that's what, you know, that's, that's, that's you know, it's interesting, right? Yeah. It could also be it could also be their house. It doesn't necessarily have to be their sun moon rising. Again, it could just be a strong Libra placement, like somebody with like a nice, you know, Libra in a nice house. Like you know, it could be cute. <laughs> yeah, I've never dated a Libra sun, so I don't even know what that gives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so many other things, right? Yeah. But, it, but this is the vibe. Idealistic, intellectual, you know, likes nice things. So that's cool. And then we have Mars, which is interesting. We got Mars in reverse. And Mars is rules Aries. And Aries is the polar opposite of Libra. Well, not really polar opposite, but... We sit across from each other on the Zodiac. And so it's like Libra can learn from Aries, you know, how to center themselves and put themselves forward. And Mars or Aries can learn from Libra how to compromise. So it's interesting, too, that, oh, thank you, Spirit, that it might be a surprising person. It might not, oh, this now this sextile in reverse makes sense, this opportunity in reverse so it might not, it might surprise you. It might come in a package that you're not expecting. Hmm. Because we got this opportunity in reverse. So again, it's like, do you know what you want? <laughs> in theory, but in real life. Because this could be a person, again, that comes in a package that you might not necessarily normally look at or be attracted to. You know, they might be quirky, have some funny quirks. It might not look like an opportunity. But it is. Because when we have a, something in reverse, it's like this is energy that's just waiting to be released, right? So it's like, again, they might be different. So you don't you don't think you want to take action. You you second guess it, right? But that's energy that needs to be released. It's just waiting. So it's like, yes, take action. Yes, it is an opportunity, even though it doesn't look like one. And that also makes sense with Libra, because Libra's always balancing. So that's that also could be the energy that you're carrying as well. Like, should I, shouldn't I, what'll happen? I don't really know. You know, that's that, that's that Libra um, indecisiveness. I like that. One more from the ancestors and then that's it on the romance. 
what do the ancestors have to say about this? What do the ancestors have to say? Oh, this card just wanted to come out. All right. I don't know if you're still working with your Isis deck. This, this card has been wanting to come out. Honor the deities around you. <laughs> so you might want to pull your deck back out if you haven't been using it. It says prayers, offerings, help. So this, again, is about the romance, right? Honor the deities around you. So working with your, again, your angels, your ancestors, the Orisha that you work with, put them on the put them on the case. Oh, look, and this fell out too. I didn't even see this. Enjoy new beginnings. We love it. Yeah. And there's our white mist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Celebrate, socialize, change. We love it. And this, I don't, yeah, you can see it. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost like this um, this person on this horse is giving me like the nine of wands, you know, and the knight of wands, knight of wands, excuse me, in the tarot is like the fastest moving um, knight in the, in the deck. And whenever we see the knight, that's the end of a long-term situation. And we also have wolves behind, you know, this, um, and, 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 and birds, right? So it's like, I like this enjoying And there's that number three, three houses right there. Oh, wow. You did say three a lot earlier. I did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, um, the horse is moving fast. The wolves are moving fast. The houses, you know, there's smoke coming out of the chimneys. So there's a fire. So it's warm. So this is a place of warmth, right? Again, this duality. So even though it looks cold on the outside, the people are warm and snugly and have everything they need on the inside. So again, even if this person doesn't look like you know, maybe it's like you work together or something and you're like, oh, I really shouldn't, you know, like get involved with people that I work with. Right. It's like things like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I got Zoe. I have to say it's very interesting. I had another reading maybe a month or two ago okay. um, and it wasn't about romance. I don't think I even asked about it, but it came up. The, okay. the, the tarot, she did tarot and lovers, lovers came up. I pulled it. She, she didn't have, she pulled out most of the cards for me and that one card she had me pull, I pulled and it was lovers. But, but then with the other things that came up, um, I forgot about that because I said, oh, yeah, I pulled some mate recently, too. But I wasn't even thinking about her reading. But now, point is, she said it may be something coming a package I don't expect. And that it's, it's a, I can't forget that word when you just said it as many times and how, the way that you just said it, right? It just is like, okay, what? Like, now I'm like, well, what does that even mean? I don't even know that, you know, the answer to that. I'm just acknowledging yeah. it to you out loud. That yeah. that's in my head now because because she already said it and I was just kind of yeah. like no 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 but now I'm like what man yeah. you can't ignore it with that twice you know what I mean that's so I'm right. like what does that mean open your eyes just open your eyes and pay attention to your surroundings people might be looking at you people might be wanting to talk to you and maybe they're nervous you know so just like look around. Pay attention to your surroundings when you're like out and about in the world. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be, you know, 
not going in a package you expect could mean a lot of things. Yeah. No, it's also funny. I I just finished reading a, a, a romance book, okay. and I didn't do the research before reading it. She, I just had read her previous book, and I enjoyed it, so I read the second book because I needed a distraction. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, I didn't know this upon reading it, but turns out she was a fitness trainer. And she was trying to start her business and make her money doing her oh fitness, God. which is some things that I've been like, you know, adjacent to. Yeah. And was like, also even her struggle with it though was like, I felt I understood it, you know, was kind of still in it in the same way. But then she ends up uh, getting with, uh, in the book, she ends up getting with this football player. But the irony is, you know, wow, sure, that's like ideal for a lot of people. It wasn't, she was not trying to. She was not trying to entertain that. She wasn't trying to entertain. And you just said, that's what made me think of the book, because you just said, what if it's like a working relationship or something? And that was the thing in the book. She was like, he was a client, you know? And she was like, I cannot and will not date my clients. Um, I don't, I don't even, I don't have anything right now that that makes sense for, but I guess it's something to be aware of. Um, but I just thought it was just funny because I thought of yeah. that as that in and it's just like there's all these like little dots uh, you know maybe I love to connect the dots so yes. I'm like oh okay well that's an interesting dot she yes. said that she said that I this like happened this. that happened um I like the dots you're connecting yeah so I'm just very curious I'm gonna I'm gonna try to not stick on just the one thing because there was so much that was said but I, I just okay. I would, it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge out loud that I was like, what is this unexpected package? <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, and enjoy the new beginnings. Yes. Yes. New beginnings. That's amazing. That's a nice, like, that's a nice ending to a romance. Like, enjoy the new. Mm -hmm. And a cozy house. I love a cozy house. Okay. I like a cozy house too with a fireplace with the smoke coming out the chimney. I, I like that. <laughs> Warm. Warm and snuggly. Mm. You can't go, it's too cold. You can't go outside. You just, you just have to stay in the house. <laughs> so I, I like that. Great job. How do you feel? Do you feel complete? Yeah. Well, it was yeah that was a lot it was, it was so much that I'm like oh I have to sit with this. I have to sit with a lot of this <laughs> yeah I know I know it's true but good stuff yes very good and so my last question for you is about your legacy mm -hmm. what what would you want your legacy to be Oh, my legacy. My, my, my. Um, <laughs> this is not something admittedly that I've spent a lot of time thinking about, but I guess I am moving into a place in life. And I guess now the world, the way it is, mortality being so clear is like, well, you should be, you know, if you leave tomorrow, what's your legacy? And, um, I think I go back to some of what I said in, in our in our beginning, which is you know joy, compassion, mm -hmm. wonder, facing fears. So, if nothing else, I, I think I would like to be known as somebody who showed compassion, who is shown compassion, who 
sparks joy and who walks through the world not afraid to face her fears and to experience the wonder in each moment. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's so beautiful. And so how can people find you? How can people support your work? Yes, yes, yes. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Sahaya Aviel. Uh, it's my name, S-Y-H-A-Y-A, A, B as in Victor, I-E-L. Um, soon uh, it will be live at Holistically Fierce Healing. Um, right now I do have uh, holisticallyfierce.com, uh, sahaya.com if you're looking for my acting uh, work and uh, real and um, yeah, I think I think those are the key places. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. I know that people will find this illuminating and edifying. And I will talk with you all. Thank you again for listening to the Magic Hours. I am Zoe Flowers, and I'll talk with you soon. Bye. <laughs>